Welcome to Salem Alliance Church. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit us at salemalliance.org. We're continuing our series called The Games People Play. We hope you enjoy this message by our guest speaker. Hello, friends. My name is Laura. I am the pastor of spiritual formation here at Salem Alliance Church. And if I look a little bit familiar, it's because usually I'm sitting right in Cameron's seat. Um, But today I get to stand here and teach the word, which has been a privilege this weekend. So here's the deal. Since I've had such bravery to go from there to here, I have an idea, okay? I've been floating this by every service. Don't you think it would be just fair for Steve Fowler to lead worship next weekend, right? Okay? I've been taking a vote. Every service, everybody in favor say aye. Aye. Everybody opposed say? Peters. That's because he can sing. He doesn't want to have to go through that. Yeah, you'll notice Steve snuck out during the prayer because he knows exactly what I'm doing. So make sure to let him know. We voted him in, okay? No, actually, next weekend I get to lead with our uh, string players, so you won't want to miss that. I know many of you love that weekend together. So, hey, we're going to start with the important stuff. In August, we do fruit snacks just to keep you awake and nutrition. So fruit snacks are coming down the aisle. We're also playing a lot of games. So the team is going to come Help me. We're playing the game of telephone. You know how this game works, right? All right. Um, Cole, here's your sentence. Keep it to yourself. You guys close your eyes for a second because we're going to show everybody else what the sentence is. Okay? It's a good one, right? All right. We're going to take it off the screen. You can open your eyes. Go for it, Cole. Her face, yeah. Quizzical. Marta, don't laugh this time. Oh, yeah. She giggles every time. This is a new sentence, by the way. They have not heard this one. You don't get to say it again. You know the rules. Okay, are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Bloody Mary's on Mojo and Malala. <laughs> that is so close. Take a look. Bloody Marys, what, Cameron? We need to talk later. Okay, so obviously the goal is to get from here to there with accuracy. We did not succeed, so we're gonna take away some of the obstacles. We're gonna play round two. Okay, can you guys handle this? Okay, round two. All right, their sentences on the screen. They get to say it out loud to each other. Go for it, Cole. I like ice cream. Woo, they did it. Thank you guys for your help. Thank you, thank you. So they're setting us up for today's topic, which is listening to God. Not ice cream, Ron. Uh, Listening to God. When it comes to listening to God, hearing God's voice, recognizing God's voice in your everyday life, do you sometimes feel like you might be playing a game? Like this first round of telephone. You're going, what? Did I hear that right? Would God say that to me? Or God is whispering so quietly, I can't hear anything at all. Do you sometimes feel like when it comes to hearing God's voice, you're playing that game? So we took away the obstacles, which made it no fun anymore, but wouldn't it be great in our listening relationship with God if we could remove some of the things that are 
keeping us from being able to hear his voice and recognize his voice in our lives. So that's what we're gonna talk about today. We're also gonna ask the question, what is God's heart in this? Does he wanna play games with us? Is he throwing those challenges our way just to make it that much harder? Or is his heart one of invitation? I want a relationship with you where we can talk, where we can dialogue, where I hear your heart and you hear mine. Listen to these words of Isaiah, words of invitation. Is anyone thirsty? Come and drink. Even if you have no money, come. Take your choice of wine or milk. It's all free. Why spend your money on food that does not give you strength? Why pay for food that does you no good? Listen to me and you will eat what is good. You will enjoy the finest food. Come to me with your ears wide open. Listen and you will find life, an invitation that our souls would be fed with the voice of God. So we're gonna talk about some of the things that get in the way, maybe of even being able to hear that invitation. So you sit down to play a game and you look at the box and you go, ugh, not this game. I've never played it before, I don't like learning new games, let's play my favorite instead. Or you look at the box and you go, ugh. Somebody I work with told me it's a great game and I never take their advice. Or you look at the box and you say, you know what? I've already played that game, it's a dud. You might have heard that I'm talking about listening to God and had some similar reactions, whether they're conscious or subconscious. You might be thinking, God and I are good. I don't really necessarily believe that he talks to us in that way, so this isn't for me. Or I know some of those people that say they listen to God. No, thank you. (laughs) I don't want any of that. Or, Laura, I have tried. I have tried to hear God's voice, and it does not work. I'm done trying. Could we say that one of the obstacles that we face when it comes to hearing God's voice is simply doubt? You and I have questions. We have important questions. Questions like, does God actually speak? If so, does he speak to everyone, me included? So we're going to take a look at those two questions. Does God speak? Does he speak to everyone? And I'm going to ask those questions of the storyline of scripture. And I'm going to do this super speedy version. Okay, are you ready? From Genesis to Revelation. I'm going to hit some highlights. Um, And I would love for you to time me because they say the more you do this, the more long-winded you get. So I'm trying to cut it down. So I think I can do, do this in under six minutes. If you have a watch, a stopwatch on your clock, will you time me in just a second? I'll say go. Okay, are you ready? We're asking the question, does he speak? Does he speak to everyone? Genesis to Revelation. Ready, set, go. Genesis 1, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. It began with a voice. Genesis 3, Adam and Eve walked in the garden. God walked in the garden. They heard his voice. Genesis 12, Abram heard the promise, a big, crazy, wild promise. And God didn't just drop the bomb, you're going to be the father of many nations and flee, but he came back, the voice came back in the form of a vision, in the form of messengers sent to Abram's home. The voice returned to Abram. Next book of the Bible, Exodus, Moses. When was the first time that we know of that Moses heard from God? The burning bush, yes. Then we hear his voice over and over again. Then the Lord said to Moses. Then the Lord said to Moses. Then Moses went up to the mountain and heard from the Lord. Then Moses went into the tent of the meeting and heard from the Lord. Let's read this verse, Exodus 33. 
Inside the tent of the meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Then we have guys like Elijah. Elijah heard the sound of a gentle whisper. That was the voice of God. Job. Then the Lord answered Job out of the storm. We have Joseph and Daniel who received dreams and visions that came true. They were accurate. The voice of the Lord to them. Now we're at the end of the Old Testament. Okay, I'm halfway there. We hit the prophets. 17 books of prophecy. The word of the Lord. In the book of Ezekiel alone, 49 times, it says, the word of the Lord came to me. Could we say with confidence, just with these highlights here, that God speaks? Is that what he does? I think so. However, our second question. So far, it seems that God is only speaking to the really special, cool people. The leaders, the prophets, those who are called. So let's keep going in the story the whole of scripture, turn the page from Old to New Testament, and we encounter this. Would you read it on your own for a second? The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. That voice that we hear in the Old Testament in so many different ways is now put into human form, a body that walks and talks with us. Question for you, and I'm going to ask you to shout it out. I'm going to try to catch some answers as much as I can. When Jesus was on earth, who, what kind of people did he talk to? Sinners? Rejected? The what? The deaf, the lame? Say that again. Prostitutes? Pharisees? The blind? He talked to women. Children, religious elite, super smart, the common man. Could we say that he spoke to anyone? Everyone. That's who he was, the voice. Now, the voice was short-lived, we know, just over 30 years, about three years of ministry life that we have the record of his words. So what happened to the voice once Jesus went to the grave and then to the throne? For this answer, we sit at the table called the Last Supper, and we hear Jesus talking to his friends saying, I'm leaving you, but I'm not leaving you alone. I'm going to leave my spirit with you and in you. What my spirit's going to do is my spirit's going to guide you. My spirit's going to remind you of the things that I've been telling you. My spirit is going to tell you of things yet to come. My voice, my spirit will be in you and with you. The Apostle uh, Paul teaches the early church how to do this thing, and he continues this very same teaching as he writes to Corinth. But it was to us that God revealed these things by his Spirit, for his Spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have received God's Spirit. So we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. When we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit, using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. Spirit shows us God's deep secrets. That's one to chew on, take it home with you, hang out with it for a while, let it sink into your spirit. Okay, I'm almost there. 
book of Revelation. Get ready to push the stop in just a second. Last book of the Bible, book of Revelation, seven letters to seven churches. They all end the same way with these words. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Push stop. How did I do? 514? Yes. Success. We might get out of here in time. Okay. Cross your fingers. Can we say that our God is a God who speaks? I think so. Even with just hitting the highlights, I think we have sufficient evidence. Can we say we have a God who speaks to everyone, anyone who has ears to hear? We've heard it several times. All of us doubters, okay, every single one of us, would you listen to these words of invitation from Jesus himself uh, recorded 15 times in the Gospels? If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. That's our invitation. So, we sit down to play a game. We say, fine, I will try it. What's the next obstacle that we might face? I don't know the, I don't know the rules, okay? Let me know what the rules are. So, in a game, you've got this handy-dandy booklet. You open it up. One, two, three, four, five, simple rules. Okay, got it. Good to go. That's how games work, right? We're talking about a mystery, <laughs> The mystery of the voice of God. And I would say to us that if we try to find five simple, easy rules, that we're diminishing something that's not meant to be diminished. We're caging something that cannot be caged. But we get to have tools. One of the most common questions I hear when it comes to uh, hearing God's voice is, how do I know it's God? That is an incredibly important question to ask, is it not? And we get to respond to it, not with rules, but with tools, tools of discernment. So we're going to talk about those. I'm going to have quite a bit on the screen. So note takers, don't try to take notes right now. I have a handout for you um, at the, the, what do you call that thing? Welcome desk, okay? Uh, You can grab this or you can find this online, uh, our sermon slides online. Here are tools for discernment. There are three primary voices we hear with our spiritual ears voice of God, voice of the enemy, and our own self-talk. When we are listening, when we are trying to discern whose voice we're hearing, we can ask questions and listen for things about character, about motive, and about tone. Now, this is nothing new to us as humans. This is something we do all the time in our relationships. When we're asking, who should I listen to? Who can I trust? We're already checking each other out for character, motive, and tone. So we know how to do this. With these voices, it can look like this. God's voice. In scripture, God is described as savior, redeemer, provider, healer, counselor, prince of peace, and more. God's primary desire is to build a relationship with us. He promotes abundant life and reconciliation. He brings healing, rescues us, and speaks words of reconciliation and restoration. His voice might sound like this. My child, I see you. I know you. I love how I made you. You are safe with me. You can bring me everything, even the stuff that feels dangerous, feels ugly and messy. Bring it to me, because I want to help. I want to bring life and truth to every part of your life. That is who I am. 
Does that sound like God's voice? His character, his motive, his tone. Okay, what about the enemy? Satan's voice. In scripture, Satan is described as the father of lies, accuser of the brethren, deceiver, enemy of our souls. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He brings words of accusation, condemnation. It is his intent to break relationships and cause pain. It might sound like this. You know you're never going to get better, right? So quit trying. You are utterly broken. Or, you know that person that hurt you the other day? They do not deserve your forgiveness. In fact, you should give them the cold shoulder. That's what they deserve. Those are some of the things that the enemy loves to speak to us. Okay, self-talk. This voice tends to reflect the common thinking of the culture. It encourages us to compare ourselves with others and to improve ourselves in order to be good enough. It is often the voice of insecurity. Have you heard that one? It can sound like, if only I could lose the last five pounds, I would feel better about everything. Or, if only I could make a little bit more money, then I would stop worrying. Or, I'm not going to go sit with that lonely kid at lunch because everybody would think that's really weird. Self-talk can sound like that. What does God's voice sound like? We get to discern because we know his character, his motive, and his tone. I also like to say that God's voice sounds like love because 1 John 4, 8 says God is love. And so we can go to passages like 1 Corinthians 13 to help us remember what love looks like and doesn't look like. Here's a paraphrase I like to use. If the command, question, or comment is patient or kind, it's probably God. If it's boastful or proud or rude or self-seeking, it's probably not God. If it is easily angered or keeping track of wrongs, that could be the enemy. You can depend on God's words to embody protection, trust, hope, and perseverance. Tools for discernment. Check the character, the motive, and the tone of the voice. Okay, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna give, give it a try here, okay? I have some tools. <clears throat> what is my next obstacle that I might face? How do I play the game? I don't know how to play. I don't know how to listen to God. So once again, got our instructions. Start to read. Have you ever done this where you get about halfway through and you realize you're kind of zoning out? You know, maybe we'll just start playing. Figure it out as we go along. We might make up our own family rules along the way. Uh, do you ever, does your family have any rules that you thought were the like, the cosmic rules and then you've played with another family? Okay. So here's what I would suggest is that we kind of take that same strategy with listening to God. We've got some ideas of where to start or how it works. And then we get to engage and say, God, would you teach me how to hear your voice? So that's what we're going to do. A couple tips for us today. The first one is to nurture the awareness of God's presence in our everyday lives. Now, to kind of explore what this looks like, we're going to play another game. This game is called um, Have You Ever, and there are versions of Have You Ever out there that I'm not recommending. This is the Salem Alliance Church version. Nine scenarios that you might be able to relate to. Just make mental note. Have you ever stopped to check out something in nature and been totally stunned by its beauty and intricacy? Have you ever been reading, studying, learning, and had one of those mind-blowing epiphanies, the kind that might actually change your life in some way? 
Have you ever just had to stop and help someone because the depth of their need broke your heart? Have you ever had a moment where you just sensed, you knew that you were surrounded by love, that you were not alone? Have you ever stood up for someone who couldn't stand up for themselves and you knew deep down that you had truly done the right thing? Have you ever seen or smelled or heard something that transported you to a place of awe? Have you ever just had to be still and quiet for a moment? Have you ever had a holy moment that you couldn't quite explain? And have you ever just had to sing at the top of your lungs? I would suggest that these moments are moments of God's presence in our lives that we get to nurture our awareness of and that this is where the dialogue can begin. We can can begin to recognize his voice in our everyday lives because I think part of our problem if we, if we feel like, we, I've never heard God's voice. I don't know what it sounds like. I think it's because we have these narrow expectations for what it's supposed to sound like and what he's supposed to say to us. It's James Earl Jones reading the King James Version. <laughs> and I've never heard that in my head. So um, what if God's voice sounds like this? Yeah, look at that night sky. Be still and know that I am God. What if God's voice sounds like, that guy over there is starving, give him your lunch. What if God's voice sounds like, I hate it when people are picked on and undefended, go stand up for them. What if that's God's voice? Have you heard it? I have. Nurture the awareness of his presence in your life. I'm guessing those ears will open. Ah, that's what his voice sounds like. It's already there. It's the breath in our lungs, right? That's what we sing today. He's everywhere. We just get to open our ears and our eyes to it. Secondly, ask God questions. I don't know about you, but when I look back on my years of prayer life with God, I am really talkative. I'm that person who never lets the other one get a word in edgewise. God, here's what's going on. God, here's what I'd like you to do. God, here's the da 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 Here's who I'm praying for today, which is great. God wants to hear our hearts. We should not stop doing those things. And we can ask God questions. God, what do you see? What do you know? What do you want to do? God, what do you want to say to me? And then... Take a breath and we shut up and listen (laughs) for a moment. Listen for his response. Go back to those have you ever moments. His response might be nature. His response might be a song. His response, go back to our super speedy version of the storyline of scripture. His response is a gentle whisper in a storm, in a vision. It could be a scripture, a picture that... Our list could go on and on and on because he is creator, (laughs) infinitely creative. His voice will sound so many different ways. And then if we get a little scared, oh, this is getting too weird for me, we've got those tools of discernment. This is character, his motive, his tone. That's how I know it's God. Last tip for you today is to practice listening to God on your own and in community. So here's what I mean. 
What we're talking about today is mostly this me and God, and we get to learn and practice listening together. So back in April, Wanda Walborn was here, and she taught many of us a way to listen to God as we pray for each other. We did that again last month at a prayer training event. That's what next Sunday is. I'd love for you to come. We're learning together how to listen with and for each other. I'm going to start listening prayer nights once a month in the fall that I'd love to invite you to. Also in our uh, Bible study curriculums, if you're in a small group Bible study, we're almost done writing the curriculum, and we have written in questions for you to ask God as you're studying his word. We have written in ways that your group comes together each week to listen together and ask God to speak to you together. We get to listen on our own, and then we get to come here week after week and say, we are your church, Spirit of God, we are listening. Before I close, I want to share just one story from my own listening journey that is pretty fresh and precious to me. Some of you have heard it already, but back in May, our leadership team went to our national conference of the CMA denomination. It was down in Southern California. I was there for a couple days on my own ahead of time, and so I got to breathe, have some solitude. <clears throat> and while I was doing that, an issue in my life resurfaced, an issue of unforgiveness, something that God and I have been working on over the years of forgiving somebody. Kind of rose up again. I went, oh, it's there. So I am very skilled. You need to know this about me. Very skilled at overthinking and overprocessing everything. So that's what I did for about a day. I spent time Remembering the offense, I hung out with the story and felt the pain again. Then I imagined if I were to see this person, this is what I would say to them. Am I the only one that does this? Okay, thank you. Um, Then I beat myself up for a while because I'm not more mature and godly and I haven't been able to fully forgive this person. So by the end of the day, when I laid my head on the pillow, you can imagine how I felt. Slimed. Yuck heavy, anxious. Woke up the next day, went, oh, I think there's probably a better way to do this. Let's, let's have a do-over. So I went on a walk on the beach, said, you know, God, I'm really sorry I didn't invite you into this conversation that's been happening in my head. I want to do that right now. What do you want to say to me? And as I'm learning to recognize God's voice in my own spirit, what it sounds like, I heard the words, you are mine. Well, at first glance, those words are off topic, right? Because I'm thinking about unforgiveness, and God's saying, honey, you are mine. Well, that's sweet, God. What are we going to do about this over here? But I knew those were the words for me. So I hung out with them all day. In fact, the song that played in my soundtrack was, I am yours, I am yours, for all my days, Jesus, I am yours. Get to the four o'clock teaching time, and it's Francis Chan, And if you've ever heard Francis Chan, you know he's kind of a spaz. He's an attention deficit. He goes, okay, I'm going to start with this story. I don't know why I'm starting with this story. I didn't plan to start with this story, but I'm going to tell you about my daughter. So he has lots of kids, and he's adopted one as a teenager. And he and his daughter are talking one day, and she says, Dad, am I really like all the rest of your kids? He says, and I looked at my daughter, and I said, you are mine. Everything I have is yours. You are mine. You know, we like to say it's not all about me. That was all about me. (laughs) There were hundreds of other people in the room, but thank you. 
Then we go to the worship service that night, and through the day as I'm humming my soundtrack song, I'm like, you know, that would be hilarious if we sing that song tonight. Of all the hundreds of worship songs, right, we sang it. Not in its entirety. It was just woven in, I am yours, I am yours. So, how how do you think my heart is now? (laughs) Melted, soft, loved, get to the end of that service and our president, John Stumbo, says, we're gonna start this week together with communion tonight. We're gonna come to the table together. And if there's anything you need to let go of, anything you need to release, anyone you need to forgive, this would be a great time for that. I was able to forgive because of the voice of my father speaking what I needed to hear. Day before, enemy. Don't forgive. That's stupid. Self-talk. You're not very mature spiritually, are you? What's wrong with you? Next day, you are mine. I'm going to help you forgive. It's a good voice to listen to. He speaks. I believe he wants to speak to all of us. Would you hear this invitation once more from Isaiah? Come to me with your ears wide open. Listen, and you will find life. You pray with me. So God, together we notice your presence today. The breath in our lungs. We notice your presence in the word and the scripture. We notice your presence in our spirits. We notice your presence as we worship you and sing to you and pray to you today. And so, in light of your presence, we come to you and ask, what do you want to say to us? What do you want to say to each one of us? And what do you want to say to us, your church? Give us ears to hear. We are listening. Thank you for joining us on the Salem Alliance Church Podcast. We are a community of believers located in downtown Salem, Oregon. And we are passionate about our city being a city at peace with God. If you have a request that we could pray for, please email us at prayers at salemalliance.org. If you'd like more information about this podcast or other resources, please visit us at salemalliance.org.